and welcome to a new episode of Save the Track Bike. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm Chris, and it's finally here. It's only been a few months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast for all things fixed gear. We've been lazy. Can we still use... No, we've been, we, we've been riding, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, we've been we've, riding. We've gone riding. <laughs> we've been riding and, and uh, working, yeah. which is actually yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, a little bit true. I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta take some space, step back, and uh, it's really important just to um, just do your own thing for a little while and take some freshers away from your life. So yeah, personal, uh, what you call it? Um, I'm a big believer at the moment in like uh, just stop stressing and just take a step back. So maybe that's what I did for the last few months. So no, I feel you there. I definitely am in that point of my life as well. So um, with that, uh, our segment that we started when we rebooted. What are you drinking right now? I've just finished um, a glass of water, believe it or not. Nice. <laughs> Only because um, I was I was actually drinking last weekend um, with a few friends of mine. They're called the Fixed Pirates Crew, a little crew here in London. Uh, they all came around to my house. And I think I overdrank to a point where I'm fairly certain I've really, I've hurt something in my right side, which is where your liver is. But I've been to the doctors and I said my liver's fine, but... I'm fairly certain I've done some damage there. So oh, I'm going to no. be on water now for the, I'm going to do some water, water, water cleansing for the next, for the rest of the month, I think. So yeah. Reasonable. No beers for me, unfortunately. Reasonable. Yeah. We got up really early this morning. Well, I got up really early this morning to record because we recorded with our guest today, Derek, who is from Australia. So he was recording at midnight. You were recording at two or something PM. And I was recording at like 8.30 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. So I was, I'm, I'm still just drinking coffee. <laughs> do, do, does that mean that this podcast is officially global? It we is. It to hear like cost free continents. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it was technically global before, but now it's on a whole other level. So. Yeah. I think, is this the first Australian guest? Uh, well, I've had, I've had a couple guests from Australia, but not while they were in Australia. So. Oh, there you go. Because I've had Angus Morton on, and he's from Australia, but he was living in That's right, yeah. yeah, he was living in like California or LA when I when I interviewed him. <laughs> nice. So, awesome. so yeah, this is the first where we've had to span so many wild different time zones. wanted to talk about fix fest is that what it's called tell me about this well, i just want to talk about like fixed gear crews in general like little bikey little crews you know i think it's kind of cool you know it's like um it's funny i think it's one of the only sports if cycling's a sport i guess uh where you'll find like crews and, and i mean do you do you class like a uh, football hooligan fans as a crew i'm not too sure but anyway well yeah, I just think it's really crazy. Like, you can go to Chicago, LA, London, Manchester, and there's always like little pockets of like friend groups, but they've got like they've branded themselves. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and I think that's. I don't know. You was they, and they're always like slinging t-shirts and selling stickers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, here in London next weekend is something called um, the weekend coming up. It's Friday the eleventh today. Um, so not tomorrow, but the one the, the weekend coming up after. Uh, yeah, there's a big meetup here in. In London called Fixed Fest and basically they've just in- decided to invite um, a bunch of p- crews to one spot 
and everyone just hangs out. I think there's alley cats, barbecues. There's even uh, beers on tap. Um, yeah, so it's going to be mental. But if you guys want a bit more information about that, just check out Fixed Beers on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you're in UK at the time, just come through. It's I've, there's no like uh, admission or anything like that. It's just a. I think we're just everyone's just trying. We're just trying to get everyone together. I think so. I think it's kind of cool. I think the first episode of Save the Track Bike people can go back and listen to that, but. There was a crew in Denver, or there still is, called Sunday Strong. And that was kind of one of my first introductions to people doing that kind of thing. But then again, I go back and think about it, and I was like, well, what was MASH and what was Macroframa? Like, these are all just crews, and they were making videos, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, And then now, here in Omaha, you know, there's me and a couple other guys that... um, it's mostly road bikes, but a few of us actually ride track bikes too. So we are planning on doing some track bike rides of the softy cycling club is what we're calling it. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Like the first thing you do is when you've got a new group of friends, you're like, okay, so what we call it this? <laughs> yeah, totally. Mostly here in Omaha, like the biggest thing is gravel. Um, but we're trying to like bring that like road cycling, you know, track bike aesthetic to this town as well because me and a couple of the other guys that's like what we loved and we come from colorado and that's what we're interested in and the gravel is really cool and it's super fun but there's nothing like descending on paved roads it's like super you know you you just go go all out and it's faster and yeah um it's just a totally different thing and we just kind of want to bring that here because there are some really good roads here yeah i'm still we started doing this podcast pre covid together i think so and we were always planning for me to come over so i'm yet to check out the roads over there but obviously gotta wait for this damn worldwide well we we talked about yourself out <laughs> yeah well we talked about because i was going to just pass the podcast along to you and then when covid hit was when we were like let's just do it together because we both like need something to do yeah <laughs> definitely definitely mate we need to get a global well, save the track bike crew though or like maybe once yeah, a year that's... we go meet up and do some crazy track bike endurance event. <laughs> that's it. Like maybe we should could do like, you know, we talk about DIY hardcore a, long, a lot. So maybe we should do like save the track bike on tour or something like that. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Dude, I miss touring. I would, some... I would be so into that. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Should we start like a track bike hardcore band? I mean, we only talk about, we only sing about like <laughs> track bikes related issues yeah i'm into it you get a flat and that's the song about getting a flat flat. (laughs) and i forgot my 15 millimeter wrench because i just pulled the bag off my road bike so i didn't need oh my god that's the title of the song right there that just reminded me of the old underworld song i've got 10 friends and a screwdriver or whatever it's called it's really dead it's dead long title (laughs) one of the i don't know yeah tell me like who you're riding with like what's going on in london with the crews and stuff so there's a couple of people i've been riding with um yeah i I mentioned i was drinking with a bunch of friends last weekend called the fixed pirates crew um yeah maybe we should get one of them guys on there because they're they're hectic man They're, they're 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 insane but good fun um they're actually like ran by an old professional skateboarder who got bored of the skate scene and was so sick of like how professional the skate scene's gone and how like adidas and nike and corporate the whole thing's gone he just get literally give up his job and got into a track bike and just started a 
riding because he likes the street DIY ethnic and whatnot. And I thought that was really cool. So I got on really well with these guys. Uh, we should get them on the on the on the podcast for sure. And then yeah, I also like hang out with the team I race for, Fixed Spears again, as I mentioned before. They're doing a lot for the scene here. They have like a fixed gear crit league. Um, they had one of their races like uh, a couple of weeks ago. They got three more left, and they do like fixed gear trick sessions and uh not trick sessions uh skill sessions and stuff like that and there's like a thursday ride which attracts most riders from london and it's a bit is a hectic fast ride um not for the faint-hearted hearted that's put it that way if you want to stop at red lights you stop at red lights but you'll be dropped you you won't see the you won't see that crew for the rest of the night i don't think <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a kind of a crew like that in denver that back in the day but yeah there's not a lot of there's not a lot of fixed gear here in omaha but i'm i I know a lot of people that used to ride fixed gear bikes here and i feel like i could that we can revive it like we can get that we can get some paddles on the heart of fixed gear here and bring it out (laughs) i think people just need to um be exposed to it again and get the hype up so that's what i'm hoping for here definitely but I think putting crews Definitely. together is the way to do that because it's because the I, it's something that does exist in the running scene and it's something that exists in the road bike scene and that's how you and that's how the gravel thing is like so big here you know it's like it's really just about like some small group of people that are really passionate about it and they provide a space to hype people up and get them excited about it and I think that's like the importance of the cruise. Um, I actually came across like my new favorite bicycle crew the other the other week actually I live in a I live in a relatively nice area in London. Uh, I'm lucky, lucky enough to live in Richmond, so it's very, um, I don't know, dentist and doctors and lawyer kind of situation and massive houses. I don't live in a massive house, but anyway, but this is the area that I live in. Um, so you always see like the S-Works and the Pinarellos and the, the super slim, I don't know, thousand, thousands and thousands of dollar bikes going across, but there's like there's a pub at the top of Richmond Park. I think it's called the Rubuck or something like that. And I think we walked past there with my dog around about half past 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Half 11 in the morning, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. Um, and there's a crew there. I saw all the jerseys at the, the Heavy Metal Bicycle Club. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. And it was like these middle-aged guys, massive grey beers, beer bellies, but wearing lycra, just like slamming beers on their dogmas and s-works and stuff like that i'm like that's 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 my crew man like i thought that was awesome i don't know i need to find out who these guys are Uh, i tried to find one on the internet but they seem to be very um elusive yeah next time you need to just go out and like chase them down (laughs) yeah definitely they literally look like harley davidson motorbike riders but in lycra and on pinarella dogmas hell yeah this is something that I kind of want to hear from our listeners. Uh, I think if you go to our anchor page, it's anchor.fm slash save the track bike. You can leave a voicemail, a voice message and let us know like what crews you're riding with. Who are your favorite crews? Like, yeah, maybe you'll make it into an episode with that. Let's get to our interview with Derek rebel of vector bikes. Uh, sure. Hey Chris and hey Joshua. Um, yeah, my name's Derek. Uh, some people may know me from the internet as Derek Rebel. And yeah, um, I love track bikes, and I guess that's why I'm here today. And it's probably why I know both of you. So uh, 
let's kick it off. I like to just start with, you know, how did, like, what's your background with bikes? When did you fall in love with bikes? When did you get into it? And and then how did that lead to track bikes specifically? I guess like a lot of young dudes, uh, you know, you get into BMX when you're, when you're a little tucker and my dad got me a 16 inch little, uh, little BMX with a coaster brake and basically started riding bikes with my friends, uh, building dirt jumps and mucking around in the bush. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think I carried that love for bikes on and to my late teens and rode a bit of mountain bike. And, uh, and then, yeah, I think I went off bikes for a bit and sort of played a lot of video games and got stuck into that side of life. And then eventually I actually ended up trading a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards for a mountain bike uh, with my friend and he um, gave me this giant mountain bike with uh, horizontal dropouts so or vertical dropouts sorry and yeah I kind of stripped down sprayed it up and I think that was pretty much the first pixie I ever had so yeah I never knew that story Derek I just always thought you were like king fixie since day dot Nah, nah, I think everyone starts with a little conversion and you start looking at like, you know, some of the steel frames and the NJS frames that are kind of poking their head out. And this was in probably 2011 or maybe even 2010 at this point. So conversions were still pretty common. And yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of what got me into it. My friend Renee, um, if you're listening, uh, I will attest my love for fixies probably to you. So yeah, he kind of had a uh, massy steel fix bike and we'd just hang around in the cul-de-sac and just try to learn how to like balls to stem skid it like down the road and just you know try to do track stands and and yeah it was just kind of a very capturing kind of bicycle really super complicated in the beginning but then you know you get better at it and yeah it becomes addictive <laughs> i think the dropouts were like 135 so i just had to like kind of like force them inwards so that it uh you know could hold itself on a fix hub properly and yeah i don't know just rode it like that for a bit and then you kind of pick up another bike and i think the next bike i picked up was a uh uh, a uh what was it a charge plug freestyler oh man i bought it i wanted one of those so bad back in the day oh man like so modern for their time really like i don't know they were so so out there like really really big beefy steel forks and like yeah just real real good street crushing bikes <laughs> I, I don't know what it is like out in melbourne but here in london that style of bike is back in fashion again to be honest like like everyone's mm. there's a lot of squid bikes here now and uh there's a mm. couple of custom people building just the old fixed gear freestyle frames again there's a guy here called tom uh tim or tom i think um and he as a company called Hessen Labs, and he just started building fixed gear freestyle bikes because, like, people are literally buying them, like, again. So, I think that's pretty rad to see that style of the old school come back, you know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? So, yeah, I have a squid bike on the way, and I'm wondering, I think it's, I wonder if it's the rise of gravel, like, you know, like people want bigger, oh, tire defi- definitely, mm-hmm. they want to ride their track it's bikes on the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, I think like a little bit of like the technology kind of going there with gravel and that becoming more popular and i think also 
like people are craving versatility from their bikes a little bit as well and I, I think that that's always something that's really valuable to a bike when you're first getting into it because you don't want to be limited by the tire size or you know we're not riding these bikes on tracks anymore and I think that's that that's something that people are starting to get really uh, uh more aware of I guess yeah definitely I definitely agree with that you know I'm like building some new wheels for my Brooklyn machine works and I'm thinking like tubeless setup uh you know really super stupidly wide tires and super comfy to be honest like i got my my track bike is my track bike for the velodrome these days i don't really ride it on the streets but yeah yeah that's that's that old steel style is definitely back on the streets for me because it's just comfy maybe i'm getting old i don't know <laughs> well i also wondered there's some like fluctuation because you know talking about like early on everybody just wanted a simple steel frame you know um they wanted something that was kind of bomb proof for the streets and then then kind of people started riding more track specific bikes on the street and then it was like a reaction to that where everybody like wanted the steel again and now i feel like you know we'll see i think people will want to get back to like really fast bikes again because even in the road world i have a feeling like everybody's getting these like beefy gravel bikes and stuff like that but whenever they go back and revisit their road bike and ride it on the road they're like oh my god this is like so fast and nimble and fun i mean i i've got a pretty nice gravel bike uh from uh specialized the diverge and i also have a tarmac and like quite often like i mean the diverge is still a really fast bike and i love the gravel tires but then i always find myself just loving the skinnier tires uh and you know wanting to sort of go for something a little bit more like faster and more grippier on the road like especially if you're commuting and stuff love love riding my road bike as a commuter and i love um mixing it up as well like jumping on different bikes like depending on the week because i got quite a few of them to choose from so it's yeah it's cool cool just to mix up the disciplines a little bit but i think ultimately like at least for me, I always keep coming back to track bikes as a uh, kind of like a basis for the the passion behind cy- my, my cycling because it's just, uh, I guess, it's where my roots are. And um, yeah, I just, I love the way that uh, the drivetrain, um, I guess, makes you feel. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that feeling that um, really attracts you to track bikes. Um, you know, this is like kind of a cool conversation because I feel like one of the things I've loved about doing this podcast is a lot of people have very similar reasons on why they love track bikes. And here I am sitting in the Midwest in the United States and Chris is in London, you're in Australia and we all have very similar stories. Um, so yeah, Yeah. let's, let's get into that a little bit. We should talk, we should talk about sort of like how we come to be here. I mean, at the moment, everyone's going through, uh, you know, a different version of, you know, a bit of like a change in, I guess, the flow of things of life. And I mean, when we come together, like Chris is someone who I've known for so many years. And yeah, it's just so interesting to see like everyone grow and then also come together like on a uh, podcast just about bikes. So, I mean, yeah. What, what, what brings you to bikes, Josh? I mean, I hate to change the 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 interviewee but um yeah tell us a little bit about about that well i think everybody's heard my story so much but (laughs) um but yeah mine's (laughs) very similar i i i started um i raced bmx when i was a kid my dad got me on a bmx bike when i was like five or something 
and I raced. I started racing when I was five years old, and I raced BMX on and off until I was, you know, 16, and then I was, like, in a hardcore band and punk bands, and I was like, I don't want to ride a bike anymore, and I, you know, got my license and all that stuff, and just started driving like, everywhere. You're in, a hardcore, you're in a hardcore band? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's something that all of us have in common like yeah chris uh you know he's been in quite a few like a couple of heavy metal bands like i've been in a heavy metal band back in perth as well playing <laughs> keyboard and that's so funny <laughs> yeah so so that that whole thing happened and then you know when my band broke up i moved into the city when i was you know like 20 or whatever and and you know, it's kind of sucks to have a car in the city and, and it was just getting so expensive and, you know, you're trying to like start your life and do all that stuff as an adult. And, and I remember just like borrowing a road bike and be like, oh man, getting around on a bike is kind of fun. And when I was trying to figure out what bike I wanted to buy, all my friends were starting to ride these fixed gear bikes and stuff like that. And, and it just made sense to me, I think, because growing up racing BMX and that was the primary kind of bike I used, I never really had geared bikes or anything growing up um when i saw the track bike i was like oh this is kind of like a bmx bike but like with grown-up wheels on it and stuff like that and you can actually like get around places and then and then i immediately like got a cheap steel frame fixed gear bike from some random bike shop and then uh rode that until i got like a, a bikes direct like uh like mercier or whatever uh an orange one and then rode that for like a couple years until i finally sold that and i got that first all city big block the They're such nice yeah. bikes them all city ones yeah so that was like the first like nice bike i had was the the first complete big block they did that was like maroon with like uh with like white yeah. details yeah and i was we, just in love had from all there of those bikes. yeah it was just like my life from from that from from that like mercier the orange one you know then just fixed gear bikes became my life uh, but i think it was that history of like punk and hardcore and bmx that that made fixed gear bikes make sense to me in my 20s no definitely i still remember the the night i met derek um he was visiting over from perth and i was in melbourne at the time and he like just sent out like a i don't know a bulletin or what you call it on like a facebook group of melbourne and um he was like hey i'm in the city tonight does anyone want to meet up and then I was, I think I was the only one that turned up with like a six pack of beer. We just sat down. We were both just looking at each other, scoping each other out. And we're just like, <laughs> and then, yeah. We, yeah and then we were just like, funny. so you, you ride fixed beers and you're tattooed. And it was like a weird bromance, like, you know, bro, bromance yeah. at first sight kind of situation. And then we went on like a mad bender that night. I don't really remember what happened, but all I remember was going <laughs> home, riding my, riding our bikes, like pretty drunk in the morning as like as like the melbourne joggers were like running down the riverside and we're just like causing havoc skidding back into the city and oh man that was and then that was it i think i think that night we were like we should like totally tour new zealand and stuff like that and before you know it we'd both quit our jobs derek moved over to melbourne and the next day we all we, we we went over to like new zealand for like what almost a month maybe a little bit longer i don't know i can't remember the exact dates and we just toured both of the islands and just went on a we did it on a well you you took over your road bike but yeah i, had to get I your took over my bike. uh spe specialized uh alice thinking the roads would be sealed enough to 
be able to navigate the North and South Island um, just by road. And I just thought like, um, you know, be able to cope with it. You know, 28s would be fine with a little bit of clearance between the brakes, but no way. Like it was so rocky and yeah, like, I mean, Chris, I've never really uh, done anything like that in my life, let alone with someone I've only uh, just became friends with. And like, it was just like, definitely not something I regretted at all. Super difficult, but like really, really fun. And yeah, I think we, 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 we'll be friends forever after that, I reckon. <laughs> oh, def- definitely. But I do remember the conversation a week before we went over there and we were like so close to like, no, we should just tour and fix gear bikes. It'll be dead easy. <laughs> and it was uh, probably yeah. the hardest thing of all time with like the amount of, we had all the gears in the world on our, I had that gravel yeah. bike and you had your, your <laughs> I don't think it, surely there's gotta be, there, there must be someone that's toured it on a, on a fixed gear, but I just don't see, we, we, we hardly survived in our year. Yeah. Day, so. <laughs> I mean, I think I was sitting on like a 34, like a, I was on a, on a mid compact or a compact crank set with a 28 at the rear. And I was begging, begging for uh, more. And it's not, it's not necessarily like that we can't do 120 K ride on a track bike. Like totally, totally can do that. And it's a lot of fun. But I mean, when you're carrying all that gear and day after day after day, like very difficult to sustain that <laughs> and we lit we literally climbed mordor literally so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a pretty funny moment um we're riding along this road uh chris and i josh and uh so we're, we're riding and we can just see these mountains just in the distance on this road and we're just riding our bikes we've just done like 80 85k and we've still got like you know another 50k to go it's like a really long long day and we're looking into the distance and we're like geez those mountains look like mordor and we're kind of like impersonating like gandalf whilst like just riding into these mountains in the distance <laughs> and then we we're get like delusional and, and chris goes uh, we got go, a bit delusional chris, do you reckon point, it's actually we? mordor <laughs> yeah we're like do you reckon it's actually mordor and chris is like yeah it definitely is mordor and then we get reception for literally a moment um, i'm just gonna google that oh wait i've got reception what the hell and then i google it and it's like it is mordor and it's the mountain they shot some of the lord of the rings films on like and around and we and chris just absolutely lost our minds like it was so much fun <laughs> Amazing. I think we had to stop and go into the shade because like, we just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please bring us water. <laughs> we are dying. But yeah, that just goes... To, that, anyway, that's how like Derek and mine relationship started. But And then, um, yeah, because I've been following Derek for a long time because like, Derek is one of the co-founders or the founder of FTW Crew, um, the, the the big fixed gear guys from Perth. Now, I would say, would you say that you're more Melbourne-based now, Derek? Yeah, so, I mean, when I moved over, obviously, like, um, you kind of uh, move, move away from, like, the community a little bit. And when, like, it's already a small community in Perth. And I guess when you don't, like, um, promote it in that city, it's hard to sort of keep ties. But, like, the recently, um, some young guys out there um, have been starting to um, put on some rides every week. And it's really good to see the community still thriving out there. And, um and yeah, like, I mean, it's definitely more Melbourne based now because that's who I'm around and those are the people that are in my lives directly. And so um, it's mostly, I guess, driven by my uh, photography and sort of, uh, 
I guess like capturing the essence of our Melbourne fixed gear culture and sort of trying to capture that um, the vibe of Melbourne when it comes to track bikes. I, I guess that's what Forever Two Wheels is kind of turned into in that sense. Um, you know, it's a group of friends who all share like a positive sort of ideology around riding track bikes and we just try to, yeah, keep it posy. And most of all, uh, uh, you know, try to look out for each other and share knowledge and that's sort of what the communities are built on, I guess, yeah. I think we should probably jump into, you know, one of the main reasons why you ha- we have you here is because you're launching... Uh a new or you've launched a new bike company vector bikes and chris also said you started some other businesses like yeah how did it lead up to this um i i don't know i guess i've always been uh playing around on the computer and doing a bit of designing and uh, i think it really started in the hardcore scene um back in the back in the day um putting on all ages hardcore shows in in perth at the local ymca which is like a youth um, center that has a uh, band room and they do all ages hardcore and metal there and yeah we started promoting events there and designing posters and stuff and I think that's sort of where my uh, I, I guess entrepreneurial journey kind of start started in that sense and I think a lot of the skill sets that I learned from promoting gigs and listening to hardcore have transferred like quite like I guess like easily into what I've been doing with forever two wheels and now uh, my new company vector bikes and yeah i guess you just kind of uh have a passion for bikes and um wanting to i guess um do the fixed gear and urban culture justice here in in melbourne and just really try and promote um a uh, high attention to detail and you know yeah trying to get more people on bikes as well and just to try and uh, normalize riding bikes like in an urban setting here because I think we're quite behind here in Melbourne in terms of that development as as much as we do have uh, really really good infrastructure for it and I think it's uh, really underutilized so yeah I think that's sort of like the premise and the drive behind Vector and uh, my you know ideas in that sense so yeah. well uh we should talk about the the genesis frame set that you're working on like what's the idea behind it what's the idea behind vector bikes i mean i know you said getting people like normalizing urban riding again and or maybe not again but where you're at but definitely i feel like we need to normalize it you know, here in the states again um i feel like a lot of the bike culture that was built up uh I don't know if it's because I moved or, or what, but all the stuff that was happening when I was younger, you know, seems to have like died out a little bit. Um, so I'm with you on on normalizing urban riding. Well, I mean, I guess the part that I haven't touched on is, uh, the, um, the velodrome and the track side of, I guess the influence here in Melbourne like Melbourne's basically got, I think, uh, 19 different velodromes here um, that still exist. Some of them, and a lot of them are still operational. And so there's kind of like a deep heritage of track racing here in Melbourne. Uh, people don't realize like through um, through the 1920s uh, and 
and, and stuff like people were definitely riding track bikes um here in melbourne like over 100 years ago so it's got a really rich history of uh track racing and people coming together and people using like the local resources and the facilities here and i think like as we start to sort of drift into this like super hyper like technical age of using phones a lot to communicate i think that we're losing that like club and community mentality and like brunswick cycling club which is my local cycling club has been like a really good influence on me in terms of giving me like a a guidance and giving me like a really like solid training platform and like it like really recently because we've gone through lockdowns and stuff like it's been really hard um for the community and everyone who's riding everyone collectively to still interact with that and yeah so i kind of want to kill keep on promoting uh track riding here in melbourne and trying to give people a really good supply of uh quality uh aluminum track bikes and just try, try and stimulate the 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 community here a little bit more and yeah see if we can get back some of what we've lost in the last 10 years in terms of that those type of community events and stuff what you and chris are both probably missing yeah i think that's really exciting because i i find myself like missing a lot of like you know like not too long ago like every you know big company cannondale specialized uh felt uh bmc like every company had like a track bike you know and they had like a they had like a mid-level one or like in 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 you know that you would ride on the streets you know and now most of the companies don't even have a track bike anymore. And the ones that do, like Felton BMC, only have like the really intense carbon, like super arrow. You would never ride it on the street frames, you know. I was just gonna say, just on the BMC, have you seen that one that Patrick Seabass is riding? It's one that you can't buy, but yeah. it's a BMC one, and it just looks insane. And I think if they'd made that available, because it's literally like endurance fixed gear riding, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a cool frame. It, it must be a prototype that they had a an idea to release but maybe they're they're not doing it i'm not too sure i feel like some of the companies they make you know i think specialized a while ago made you know those uh those ones for specialized rocket espresso and you couldn't yeah, buy them i've got i've got an alice i've got an alice actually mm-hmm. a uh alice sprint track and it is a phenomenal bike like so light and it's not super compliant, but holy crap, like that, that bike's so stiff and so responsive. And yeah, yeah I mean, they've like, it's just so expensive to hydroform aluminum tubes and Specialized have like a really like nice patented technology where they like do the hydroforming with the smart world system, which I think makes that bike just so good. And, uh, but it's just so expensive and for mm-hmm. people getting into it, like, I guess you have to expect that people don't want to pay like three and a half thousand bucks Australian for like an entry level um, track build with a specialized frame set. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, but so many other types of aluminum and like TIG welding and stuff is, you know, definitely strong enough for entry level track racing because even anything 6066, anything 7000 series, uh, with you know single gauge tubes would be absolutely fine for racing track even up to a pretty high level and only then would you be really like disadvantaged at it uh, at getting into the sport which is really great because it means the buy-in point for getting into track racing is actually 
not as high as what it used to be because of the abundance of uh or not even the abundance but there's definitely a lot more alloy frames out there on the market than there used to be yeah definitely and but i think that's also what's inspiring about like a company like yours coming out is that you're bringing you know adding another option for people that maybe these giant companies is not like cost effective for them to have a track bike because not enough people buy them but for a smaller company it makes sense because it's like a way to a way into the market as well so i'm curious what your thoughts are about that well yeah i mean absolutely as someone as someone starting a bike brand from the beginning like track bikes have always been a really uh good entry point for you know starting to make a bike and like i would like to hopefully develop more product in the future potentially road bikes and cross bikes but i'm nowhere near at the level where i can uh, start to think about that until i focus in and really refine the product that i'm already uh already working on so i guess yeah i mean the goal is is just to make sure that there's really high quality uh level of uh after sales service and making sure that, um, you know, I guess people who are customers are looked after and try to engage in the community and really uh, create, I guess, good content and represent, uh, I guess, cycling in a, in a different kind of way as well. Is there anything else that we need to, to hit on? Maybe just fire a couple of good questions at me and I'll try and answer them the best way that I can. Well, Chris, you want to do the lightning round? Okay, so, all right. So this is the lightning round. Um, so yeah, basically, Derek, in the quickest, you just need to give us the quickest answer to these questions, okay? Okay. Yep. Uh, I'll right, see how I'm okay. Gonna, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go first. Premium Rush or Quicksilver? Oh. Yeah, I mean, like traditionalists would say Quicksilver, but Premium Rush is like the first like kind of like blockbuster blockbuster esque film to kind of like hit its semi mainstream, which kind of makes it pretty influential. So I right. would say that Joseph Gordon Levitt is uh, what what a cool dude for taking on the challenge, and also Tom Lamarche um, for doing all the stunts in that movie, and uh, Danny McCaskill as well in that like that's that's fucking cool <laughs> also so, kim non-stops all over that movie too she even has oh lines. yeah she is she <laughs> is yeah i love funny that. story um, i just got a friend into cycling he's never been into cycling before but now he's obsessed with road cycling like and now i'm introducing him to all the fixed gear stuff <laughs> so like i'm showing him the podcast i'm like i showed him like a like mash uh 2015 and then <laughs> literally the other text, night text we, text yeah. textbook joshua joshua textbook yeah <laughs> right fix, fix gear grooming right <laughs> exactly and then the other <laughs> night we watched premium rush and quicksilver back to back that's a good night man that's my night tonight maybe yeah have you, ha, on that note just before we go to the next question have you seen like the english version oh, i guess it's like a english version of this kind of film it's called alley cats no it's based in London. It's about like a corrupt politician that killed someone, and one of the messengers seen it as he was like delivering, and then the whole <laughs> thing is like, like cat and mouse around London. It's pretty hectic. Okay, sounds I, like a Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> I just it pulled it up. Is. Oh, it's on Prime Video. Oh my God, there's a 
Anarchy A in a in made of chains. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so Amazing. all of, all of uh, this, all all of the um the the stunt doubles are working messengers that they used for that. So that's crazy. Cool. So it's basically the same movie. It's like it's why okay <laughs> why does every exact plot <laughs> yeah why does every messenger fixed gear movie have to become an action film though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why can't it, when are we gonna see some like you know red title like romantic fixed gear love stories yeah. like i want to like... see i want to see an epic romance of two messengers falling in love one one's a messenger and the other one is a like a, a roadie track cyclist <laughs> yeah that's what it is and it's like forbidden forbidden love you know it's yeah. not allowed to happen <laughs> and they're I'm, we're writing it right now it's happening i know yeah <laughs> produced by yeah. save the track bike <laughs> there you go Okay, so next one is velodrome, street, or gravel. Yeah, I mean that—that's actually pretty easy. Uh, I'm gonna say street. Um, you know, velodromes like street is where it's at. Street is where the efficiency is. Street is where you optimize your ability to move efficiently through outer city. Um, it's what connects the velodromes. It's what you know. It's 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 all of that. I mean, the velodrome racing for me really just facilitates like the skill set, and then like gravels you know auxiliary i love gravel and you know I'll, I'll i'll throw myself balls deep in a cross race like anytime i can um but i mean streets where it's at for me and yeah roadie crits uh you know hill hills and like i love descending i love descending on fixed gears um yeah i think uh i think that's where it's at for me at least <laughs> flat or mountains i i, I think i i I think uh, I, I would have to say that although I love Beach Road uh, to, you know, really uh, master a road bike, you need to learn how to go up and down hills. And also it gives you a really, really uh, cool respect for the geography of the land that surrounds your uh, place of living as well. And like, I love like riding up just outside of uh, Northcote into the suburbs and or going out east or out north and kind of like exploring the high country a little bit and yeah it's it's quite 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 a lot of elevation here in melbourne actually for those of you who yeah. are listening no i agree and i've rode many many of them hills with you derek and i just remember well, i get to a hill and i'm like well i'm not going to see derek for the next 25 30 minutes he just shoots off <laughs> i can't catch him and he'll just be at the top chilling with an ice cream waiting for me literally i think it was like the last time i climbed a hill with you i was at the top i had to lie down i was done I was oh, you're you're, you're a sprinter though, Chris. You're a sprinter. Don't worry, you're a sprinter. <laughs> uh, I'm a wannabe sprinter these days. I'm a. I, I, Trust I me, if he's it. there at the end, if there is, the, if he's there at the end, he has a fair chance of crushing you on the line. Yeah, to be honest, though, I was, I was, I'm still proud of that day when I was pulling you along in New Zealand. Like, I think we were like averaging 40 k's an hour with a fully packed bags, and I was just charging on that flat, and I. I still, I'm still proud of that moment that you was using me to to go to uh, to draft, and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Are we, and I think I drafted you for a while. Uh, you drafted me for a long time that day, I think. Yeah, and I think I think our like competitive n- nature a little bit in riding in that sense uh, would wouldn't have done poor Paul uh, <laughs> any justice that trip. I don't think. <laughs> oh yeah, we we did have a third a third friend on that trip, but he 
wasn't with us because he was a bit <laughs> we, we, we didn't see him all day we see him in the mornings and in the evenings but through the day he was just not with us whatsoever he was yeah the next one is a hard one mash or macaframa Ooh, i mean i i actually got both uh i got macaframa on dvd right in front of me right now and um that was given to me by a friend of mine and i watched mash uh as well and i i I would have to say that mash even just a video that they had on their website of this dude like skidding on a histogram was enough to like get me hooked on it um when i first started sort of learning about it and yeah mash definitely set it off for me as well i just never seen anything like that and then also uh a third one to live and ride in la uh, was a really big influence on my writing as well. So kudos to that movie and uh, all the guys uh, in and around the Wolfpack hustle and and you know that whole uh, that whole community out there was just like super cool uh, to watch that all the way from Perth and just wonder how even would anything like that happen here in uh, here in Perth? <laughs> Steel, aluminium, or carbon? Is this uh, just track bikes only or any bike? I would put out there. I'd put it. I'd, 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 let's just say track bike. This is a track bike podcast, anyway. So, all right. Well, I would have to say, I'd have to say alloy. Um, I love my mash and I love steel, uh, but for fast, you know, street riding, alloy is where it's at. And I don't see very many carbon um, road bikes that or track bikes that are, you know the right geometry or the you know the right strength to be able to cope with like aggressive street riding which is sort of uh i guess like what uh gets me really hyped on fixed gear so i i agree my favorite aluminium bike is probably the same as yours but yeah you you just at the time you just couldn't beat the the uh the parallax and you got the charcoal one haven't you yeah i got a got a charcoal one in the shed at the moment and yeah it's sitting up there with a couple of other track bikes but um because I've just been, uh, I've only got four prototypes of the vectors as we speak. Um, I've been uh, basically butchering all the parts off all my other builds and just like building them up and lending them out to people and um, also building them up for myself and for my girlfriend Tara, who's uh, been doing some track racing uh, as well. Uh, she's a pretty avid road rider as well, but um, yeah, I've been trying to get her on the on the vector for a couple of shoots just to show what it's made of and yeah we just put a video live uh on our instagram at vector bikes and yeah it's uh neil walters a good friend of mine and he's done a bit of drone footage down at the local velodrome at harrison street so if you're listening go check that out as well so beer or coffee stop depends uh what gear <laughs> maybe uh four years ago i would have said beer uh but i think now starting to get a bit more uh a bit a little bit more home home oriented i think i probably say coffee these days love a good pour over as any melbourneite would <laughs> oh same same <laughs> i'm in the coffee stop part of my life as well <laughs> We like to reminisce on the uh, the good times, but we always forget the bad times on the alcohol. So I'm pretty uh, pretty happy to keep that to a minimum at the moment. Uh, crit or track lacrosse? 
Oh, that, that is a tough one. That is really tough because riding fixed gear off-road is so much fun and really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done, done a little bit of track lacrosse uh, from the guys at Melbourne Track Lacrosse, 3065 Dirt Bags, and um, the guys at Spray Bike um, have put on a couple of track events and also Dan from Bespoke Chain Rings a couple of years back put on a really sick track lacrosse event but as far as uh the community is over here with track lacrosse it's pretty small so uh we did have a few crits here um we had a national crit championship tacked off the end of the uh ballarat road nationals and yeah like i would have to say um crits with that one as scarce as they are out these ways i would say that they are um, the funnest and most exhilarating uh form of track racing out of those two and didn't you win that crit yeah so i competed in a couple of the fixed gear uh crit nationals and um uh went went in one year and raced against the hunter brothers and a couple of other uh strong local guys but the scene's so small so it's really hard to get um very many track crit races out to ballarat to race the nationals especially when it's like in the middle of the day on a Friday or something like that. It's really, really hard. Um, and yeah, cause the Ballarat road nationals goes over a whole weekend and they have to fit in a road race and, you know, uh, time trials and such. So, but still pretty cool to get the track racing out there to like the broader public, especially in a Australian country, you know, semi rural country town, which is like pretty, pretty cool considering most crits are really centered around like, uh, much more population density yeah so i think that does it for our lightning round um derek is there anything else that we should know about vector bikes because i definitely want to make sure we're highlighting that um because that's such a rad project that you're working on the bikes are you know really good looking there's some beautiful paint jobs like i, I want you know we want you to be successful well thanks joshua and and, and yeah i mean I guess it's kind of like a project that's really uh, um, came out of uh, the woodwork during the last um, six-month lockdown. And yeah, just basically worked really hard on it with a good friend of mine, um, JP and Roberto, just brainstorming ideas on logos and really going into detail on the frame design and the graphics. And yeah, I think we uh, we're pretty happy with it and... So we basically have a run of two different colorways, teal and black of the Genesis frame set. And that's basically um, out of production now and uh, on the water. And hopefully we'll be landing them um, at, the end of, uh, at the end of June, early August at the very latest. So yeah looking forward to that the pre-orders are online at vectorbikes.com.au um yeah i mean we're trying to get them globally but the shipping's pretty like pretty hard from australia but um yeah like if anybody's really interested like feel free to send a dm and more than happy to chat about the product and how we can help you out and yeah so get in touch and hopefully we can chat yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm super excited. I think the paint jobs look really beautiful and, and all the marketing's pretty on point, so. <laughs> yeah, Thank, 
thanks uh thanks josh and yeah i mean thanks to um all the all the legends that have been helping me out over the last couple of months like trying to hustle like the little bit of content that we have in between lockdowns and trying to juggle that side of things like it's been it's been really helpful and thanks for everyone that shared and like created so much hype about it like it means really means a lot and yeah can't wait to show everyone what we've got in store because we've got some pretty cool projects on the horizon and yeah so keep an eye on vector and um thank you all for for listening to the podcast and thank you joshua and chris um you guys are legends because i really want to hear more content like this and i think that you are really doing the track bike scene justice and you should continue to hype it up so good luck to you guys no cheers we have been a little bit lazy with it probably more on my part but uh but yeah you're right we, we need to get back onto it again <laughs> So that does it for this episode of Save the Track Bike. Thank you for listening. Visit us at savethetrackbike.com or Instagram at savethetrackbike. Yeah, make sure you leave a a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast because it really does help us out. This show is part of Figure Podcasts. Visit figurepodcasts.com to check out our other shows. And our theme song is Slug Girl by The Vitamin Pets. Chris, what song should we play out with today? I think I picked last time. I mean, it's been a while. But I'm pretty sure I picked last time. So yeah, you, I think you did. Um, oh, mate, you put me on the spot right now. What can I? What can I think of? Good. Yeah. Do you know this what? Is a, this is. I'm I'm gonna go out there, and I don't care how much hate we look, we get. Um, but yeah, the new MGK song "Love Race." I can't get over it. Perfect. We're doing it. I found a silver ring. And put it on my finger I picked up my guitar And played it for the reaper God was a girl The devil wore a t-shirt Love is a game And they were kissing in the bleachers I don't want to be without you But I'm here Screaming by myself I'm on the run Kissing in the bleachers I'm on the road